Today's guest is Sandeep Medistari. Cool name, right? Last week, we had Kalyan, the CEO of AlmaBase. So Sandeep was the founding team member at the same company, and then he carved his path to success by stepping into roles like account executive to handling the whole sales function. I've known him for a while, personally. He's traveled to 24 states in the US. I kind of envy him. I can vouch for the team he has built and the processes he has set up at AlmaBase. Today, he drops his knowledge from his experience and by interviewing countless candidates, if you're a fresher and toying with the idea of getting into sales, this episode is for you. All right, welcome Sandeep to the episode 18 and season two, first episode of season two of Salespin. Thank you so much for coming. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Rahul. Very excited. Absolutely. Been yeah, so a huge fan of all your content on LinkedIn, so pretty excited to be here. You're such a liar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Uh, let's let's get started. I think today's topic is pretty interesting, uh, and I know I said see this say, say this all the time, but today's uh, today's topic is actually interesting because this is uh, focused. This is uh, directed towards a lot of people who are struggling, and mm -hmm. they don't know where to go to. They don't know how to really tap into you know the sales. So that's exactly what we're going to discuss today. How let's before that, you know, I think it'll be interesting for everybody to know how you got into sales, and uh, why you love about what you love about it, and why are you asking people to get into sales in the first place? It's it's a, it's a high pressure job. So yeah, yeah, sure. So my uh, entry into sales was an accident, uh, right? So I was, I I just wanted to become an entrepreneur. That's that's my only idea. I rejected job, and I rejected a. Uh, you know, like my admission in IIT Bombay. Mm -hmm. And then I also rejected a job in Reliance. I was a chemical engineer by education. And I also rejected a job in Mu Sigma, right? Wow. So, so after all of this, I just, I just wanted to be in Bangalore or in <laughs> San Francisco. These are the only two places that I knew where a lot of startup scene is happening. So I wanted to be in one of these places. And two of my best friends are also going to Bangalore. So I just like, okay, let me go along with them to Bangalore. And I found a startup. Who, who ended up giving me a job. And the only, I mean, there were standard puzzle questions, et cetera, as a part of the interview. But the, mm -hmm. at the last round, the CEO asked me one question. Are you a left brain guy or a right brain guy? Wow. I said, oh, I just have one brain. I don't know what's the difference <laughs> between both of it. Uh, right. So he said, all right, so let's figure it out. We like you. Uh, we'll give you a job. And I joined in a very, very generic role. Right. Okay. Which was to which was to do marketing analytics, playing with Google AdWords, talking on phone with anyone who calls whenever there's no one uh, to place an order for T-shirts. So we were doing B2B e-commerce. Unlike all the e-commerce that's happening at the time, this is back in 2012, there are a thousand companies which all started as e-commerce, right? So that's, that's, I mean, I absolutely did not have a plan to get into sales. But one day there was this person who called called us in the office. No mm -hmm. one was there. I was the only one because I get free Wi-Fi in office. I used to stay <laughs> over time and then just keep looking, uh, watching different videos or doing courses on Coursera. Mm -hmm. uh, and this this person wants to place an order for fifteen T-shirts. I'm like, okay, I do not know. So I gave him my CEO's number. And the CEO, CEO called me back and said, "Why did you even give my number to that person? You could have just taken the order." I'm like, okay, I don't know the details. So he gave me how to run a sales process, like in terms of taking a detail, sending mm -hmm. a payment link. I did all of that. That's my first sale. Wow. That is so actually... I did not even know. Yeah. I did not even know that sales, but that's my first sale. 
That is actually pretty nice. So how long has it been since you sold those first t-shirts? <laughs> it's been seven and a half years now since I sold oh. my first t-shirts. So then once I sold it, what really pushed me to uh, sales is I was following up with my customer support team, whether mm-hmm. the t-shirts were delivered or not. Mm-hmm. So the CEO came back and said, you seem to be obsessed with the customer happiness and the customer satisfaction. And that is exactly probably what could help us do better at sales right at the beginning itself, because you right. have that love for the customers, right? Then he pushed me into sales. That is actually pretty nice. I mean, I've never thought of it that way, that customer obsession, customer like you, like you did, right? I'm pretty sure a lot of salespeople, including me, probably would not care a lot about I mean, we do care. I'm, I'm not denying that you know, we don't care. I'm not saying because mm-hmm. of the sake of camera, but at the same time, yeah, yeah I mean, we, we probably tend to lose the sight of what happens after, you know, uh, the sale is made. So, and that's something which I think everybody Yeah, we move on. Yeah. Yeah, we move because, on because we have quotas, we have targets, yeah. everything, right? <laughs> we move on to the next customer, next prospect. Yeah, so closing yeah. to next deals and deals and deals and so on. Yeah, I think that, that actually yeah. makes sense. All right. So it's been seven and a half years since you made your first sale. And uh, I'm sure that's yeah. been an exciting journey. So uh, what would you like genuinely love about sales? Like I, I can understand you have the customer obsession. So it's definitely coming from a deep, uh, you know, deep love for the customers and uh-huh. I'm sure the processes. But what, what do you love about sales in general? So I feel that sales is that first interaction in a way, like there would be marketing, but sales is where people would start talking to you as a business, right? Mm-hmm. So, and and if that first impression is broken, and and I think there will be a trickle down effect, and the, it affects the whole business. Mm-hmm. It kind of so. So for me, I wanted to become an entrepreneur, so I wanted to learn this mm-hmm. because if this point things are breaking, then there's no business at all. The, mm-hmm. We just shut shop and we just leave, right? So that's what really excited me to stay in sales and learn everything because I felt that it is a centerpiece and everything else is the inputs and outputs are going from the centerpiece, be it for product building, be it for processes, be it mm-hmm. what customer wants. So that really excited me. And for me, that gave me an opportunity to learn more about the customers and understand, okay, what is it that we need to build for revenue growth? And how can I now give these inputs to the product team? Of course, mm-hmm. product team would have their own analytics and things like that. Uh, so, so I think for me, it's all about building business. And I feel that sales is a microcosm of the map, uh, the bigger business, right? So that, that's what excites me. Hmm, interesting. So um, I can totally see why you love uh, sales. So what, why would you ask somebody else? So let's say that there's somebody, there's a youngster, you know, who passed out of the college irrespective of their background, if you were to convince them, hey, you should join sales and give them top three reasons, what would that be? Sure. So over the, over the last seven and a half years, what I learned is sales is also about uh, not selling snake oil. It's all, it's all about solving problems, you know, like, like whatever we have seen in the movies and uh, all the exaggeration, doing an awesome phone call, wearing awesome suits, uh, all of that, right? That's the, those that the days are gone. Mm-hmm. No more, probably there are, there are 5% of sales that are happening through that kind of a style these mm-hmm. days, but now it's all about solving the problem. That's it, right? So for anyone who's interested in solving problems right after their graduation or when they're looking for a professional uh, career option, they should mm-hmm. definitely consider sales. Uh, typically, even when I was graduating, people said, oh, there is software engineering, there's investment banking, there are consulting, 
everyone, there are mul multiple blogs, multiple resources, and all talks around these three, right? But no one's ever told me, uh, or the, I couldn't find much resources on how to sell, right? So that's, I feel, I feel that uh, it's, it's all about problem solving at the end of the day. That's why I would recommend people that, hey, this is more of a cerebral job and less of lip service. Fair enough, fair enough. That's one, okay? If, you, if somebody likes problem solving, if they're, if, mm -hmm. if they're ready to jump into sales, they should, be, they should have a mindset where they understand, hey, you're not getting into a, a role, you know, which is probably inspired by Wolf of Wall Street or all those movies. It's, yeah. uh, there's actually much more to it. And like you said, you have to have that problem solving mindset. Okay, that's one. What's next? Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, if you want to build business mm -hmm. uh, by yourself, like if you want to start something by yourself, maybe 10 years down the line, mm -hmm. this is the best opportunity. Like you're seeing everything right there. You know, think of this as uh, you have, I, I play a lot of cricket, uh, or, or think of this as, uh, you know, if, if, if you're a tennis fan, you are that, uh, you know, person like a ball boy right there uh, where you would be looking at the action very closely, right? So you would see the whole business building and the growth uh, from, from a very, very uh, firsthand experience, which will help you to build your own business in the future. So if you're an aspirational entrepreneur, there's no other way, uh, I think, there's no other uh, opportunity or career uh, option for you to explore. It's, it's just sales. That's actually That's pretty good. Uh, one of the things which I would probably add on to that is, and not onto that particular fact, but you have probably a separate point, which will be, mm -hmm. so think of it like, for example, I used to work in customer service uh, when I started yeah. my career. And I remember, you know, we used to not get paid a lot. And that, there was a simple reason, right? Because you are solving a very small problem. The customer has, you know, yeah. deal has already been made. Now you're just taking care of after, after sales, right? At the yeah. same time, of course, I had high aspiration and I, and somebody, I don't know who told me a simple principle. It's like, Hey, you know what? Uh, sales is what brings money to the table, right? Yep. Consider it like, yeah. you know, they're bringing a pizza to the table and there are eight pieces sales, get the biggest piece because of course, you know, they, they are bringing the money to the table. So if you are aspirational, if you are like, I would say competitive, and if you, if, if you want that competitive spirit to be paid in a way, I would say that could be another reason for you to, you know, join sales. Absolutely. Um, so I, I would also add to that point, Rahul, uh, let's say, you know, you also want to get involved in the product at any point in time. And, and you are this non-tech person, like a chemical engineer, like me, who doesn't understand tech much these days. When I say tech, it's all software tech and you want to get into product, sales could also be that uh, you know, door for you to get into product. Because when you're selling a product, you need to understand it, right? When you're breaking it down for a customer, trying to help uh, the customer solve their problem, you should have a deeper understanding. And, and then the advantage that you have is that you also are exposed to the customer and their problems. So you would be able to give better insights on how to build a product. So in case in the future, if you want to become like a product manager uh, or get into any things around building products, sales could be a great career option as well. No, this is actually another interesting point because I'm pretty sure not everybody who gets into sales would want to probably stay in sales for their whole life. And I think yeah. sales is that probably a perfect junction where, you know, they are connecting with customer service, sorry, uh, customer success. They are dealing yeah. with product day in, day out. So, and at the same time, of course, dealing directly with CEO, understanding the business aspect. 
So I think, yeah, the opportunities could simply be, you know, humongous. So yeah, fair point. Yep. All right. So uh, I think you and I both have been into sales for some time. I think you have been in sales for longer than I, and I think we both have hired freshers, people with absolutely no experience in sales. And including me, like including you, right? Who come from absolutely no background in sales whatsoever. You come from technical background. I come from hospitality background. And we both have been fairly successful. Like I want to probably, you know, use the humble terms. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, um, I think what, uh, and we, we both have also hired a lot of freshers, right? And we have also made them successful in ways. But I think what we have not done so far is giving people a blueprint like, hey, if you follow this, you would be able to get into sales. So for a lot of people, first, they don't know why should they get into sales, which we have already clarified for everybody. Second, uh, even if they now, and I, I get a lot of requests from people on LinkedIn every day, hey, I want to get into sales, but I don't know how to. And they are probably, yeah. they're probably, you know, trying to approach the sales in a similar way, where example, they're actually sending me like a long, lengthy email or a LinkedIn note with their resume, yeah. hoping for me to, you know, go to the profile, go to the resume. And again, given the time and given the other commitments, it's not possible. So yeah. I think I would love to know how, how, what advice would you have for freshers? How can they crack their first sales job? Yeah. Uh, just a, 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 you know, disclaimer here. I have borrowed a lot of some of these ideas from your book as well. Uh, the one that you have put last year where you were helping a lot of people during COVID who got laid off and who are looking to switch careers, right? Uh, from, from different uh, segment to software industry. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, uh, and you could also add to this. So when we start looking for people, especially freshers, right? The first thing we'll look at is do they have curiosity, Right? Because what's really important uh, is if they don't have that curiosity to learn about something if, that they don't understand, mm -hmm. uh, and if they don't have the curiosity to go that extra mile and find out what the customer wants, uh, I think that's a big deal breaker. Well, th there are many skills that sales might require, like email writing, et cetera. Those all would come secondary. But mm -hmm. for, for us, uh, when at least at Almobase, when you're looking at VC for curiosity, right? Uh, and the second is coachability. And what we, what we feel is if a person is coachable, uh, who's receptive to feedback, uh, right? So we, we always give feedback during our interview rounds. I, I could talk about the interview process as well, but we keep giving a lot of feedback during the interview and we see how they respond. If someone has a very closed mind saying that, Oh, what this other person is talking about me uh, is, is, is just uh, you know, BS then you know, we do not want that kind of people. To collaborate with people, you need a very open mind and you should, one should be receptive, uh, receptive to feedback. And that's how you could improve things. That's how you grow as a human being and also your company, right? So that's the second thing. Uh, so first of all, these, these are the two things that we look at. Uh, and once we check these two boxes, then we go for the next things. Uh, what, about, what do you say? What do you look for? I think the, these two points are, I mean, I, of course we look for a lot of things, but I think you have already nailed the answer, which is by understanding how curious the person is, uh, how coachable they are. I think I look for coachability, of course, like as, as a primary factor, and then of course, curiosity. But again, there's no, there's no way that you can say, hey, this should be like more, have more weightage. I think both of them are. Uh, what I also look for is uh, 
I am pretty sure this, what I'm going to say is probably like aligned to curiosity again. I look for hunger. I look for mm-hmm. how far they want to go. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, that's not a, that's not a factor on basis, which I, I probably reject candidates. So for example, mm-hmm. um, and this is something which I, I believe, you know, I have learned from my experience in the past two years, someone who does not have the hunger right now could be a possibility, you know, they're too young to even show that hunger that, hey, I want to reach there because they don't have the roadmap right now. That's something for us, for leaders to provide them. So I, I still look for hunger in that sense. Like, for example, how do they approach anything? For example, let's say if they want a video game from the parents, how hungry were yeah. they to get it? If the parents said, hey, get 80%, were they actually committed enough to actually study that hard that, hey, I'm going to get score that 80% and actually get the video game. So if you're not, right. if you cannot do that, and this is, this is how I probably judge those uh, small aspects, like how hungry you are, it could be, uh, it could be like um, you had to appear for the interview. What all did you research? And the pro- most of the time, and a lot of times, you know, um, pressures do not understand the importance of this aspect. So yeah. if they were not able to, let's say, research for the job, why would they do? Why would they work hard? Like when they're actually on the job? Yeah. Right. So this is the time yeah. to impress. And if they're not able to, you know, bank on like you know, clear these factors, I think yeah, then there's a problem. Yeah. You no, were- I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Hunger. Uh- kind of in other words drive right like what is it that they have uh, and and you're right like we also asked some stories on hey what is it that you did beyond academics in your life in general like any story right so want to understand what kind of a person they are uh, which is which is also very uh, essential when you are uh, getting this person into your team because they're going to work with other teammates right um, so now so these are these are the baseline right uh, mm-hmm. Like, you know, let's say hunger, curiosity, uh, and uh, coachability. But now on skill-wise, we know that these people are freshers, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine a person like me who's a chemical engineer or a person like you who's from hospitality industry, and there are no courses for sales usually. There's, there's no MBA kind of a program. Even in MBA, they teach marketing, but no one ever teaches sales, right? So now what is it that they need to build on in terms of skills? So what we look at in skills is, can they write a good email, right? And can they understand the product that we are selling and break it down in terms of, uh, you know, helping the customer, right? Uh, and, and then the last thing would be, are they eloquent when they are starting a conversation? Do they have that clarity uh, in communication, right? It's, it's less about uh, the kind of, English or the vocabulary that they have, it's more about the clarity of thought that they have. So these are the three things that in terms of the skill that we look at. Now, what, what do you think? I, I, can, I can break down these three, uh, but I would love to hear what kind of skills you look no, at. No, no, absolutely. At I think uh, clarity in communication is something which I definitely pay a lot of focus at. At the same time, I think one of the questions even I published in the book was, and this is something which I do till today, and you'd be surprised to hear a lot mm-hmm. of people still do not you know, prepare for these, this answer, which is where I simply ask them, hey, explain the product, which you are, you know, my product, the company I'm working for, explain my product to a six-year-old kid. Do not use yeah. any jargon, do not use any technical language, get to the, you know, dumb it down, just dumb it down to the six-year-old yeah. kid. Yeah. And if they're able to nail that, then I go even further. Then I say, hey, now you explain this to a 60-year-old woman or 60-year-old man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what I want to see is how quickly they are able to switch the context from a six-year-old to a 60-year-old, because yeah. I also want to see that how fast they can think on the feet. 
sometimes mm-hmm. uh, when i see you know the candidate has potential i would also give them like a minute or two hey you know what i understand this is a question out of the blue so take some time even switch off the camera have water whatever you want think think your thoughts you know make a make a yeah. notes whatever you want if you're able to answer that even within less than you know 2 minutes i think you're you're able to nail it then of course every anybody can you know cram those anybody can just mug up the whole definition of what the product does right the whole idea okay. is can you and because that's exactly what they would have to do when they will go on cold calls right explaining yeah. somebody um you know what the product does and that's what i think most of the sales leaders have also been teaching nowadays you know just dumb it down if you can't exp- if you can't you know dumb it down no matter how complex your product is yeah you will have a hard time yeah because i think we all have attention span less attention spans right so you okay. are interrupting someone in their busy day uh, just like you know how people might be interrupting you with a linkedin message and that's what you have been telling right they like a long message and i don't even want to read but imagine like it's it's just a 2 minute read for you you would love to read it and if it if it just takes less than 1 minute for you to respond you would respond right So similarly when when you know we make calls if we can dumb it down so that people can understand in that 60 seconds that they give us and then we could take the conversation forward that would be awesome that's that's a very uh, useful skill fair enough right. uh yeah. sandeep you talked about email writing and uh what i want to do is i want to be probably devil's advocate and then say hey you know what this is my first time getting into the sales job I have never written an email. I probably have written email to my colleagues, let's say who were students or from my professors or probably way back in school. I don't know if schools allow email or you know we still stick to the letter thing. Anyways, so whatever I have learned and this this is actually this is actually a problem, right? So I remember how we were kind of taught how to write an email or probably a letter when we were in school, right? And those were all used to yeah. be lengthy. Those used used to be like a certain format which was probably discovered in 80s or 90s. and i'm not yeah. sure if schools or colleges have kind of developed or probably have evolved from there so if we are judging them let's say on email writing skills um where they have not been taught like you said there was no marketing there was no mba how do you yeah. how do you judge them on email writing skills then yeah so i would i would really look at uh three things in the email mm-hmm. first and foremost thing the clarity of communication in terms of what is it that they're asking me to do in the email right so are they just you know i i receive different kinds of emails so so and and people write like 400 words 500 words and i get lost in that <laughs> right so so the first thing is make it very clear and crisp make it less than 150 words if someone is writing an email to me in less than 150 words i'm i'm open to reading the full email even though it's garbage right so that's the first thing that i look at in people and and the second thing is are they using fancy jargon right if they're using fancy jargon that means even they don't understand and even i won't understand it mm-hmm. because i don't know what some of the words that they're using mean so are they writing it just like what you said explain it like it's for 6 year old are they writing it the way they speak to a 6 year old very simple english just like very common vocabulary no fanciness uh, i would look at that right then the third aspect is are they writing something about a problem that i'm currently facing or something about that i Relevant. could relate to relevance right relevancy that's the key right so if if they check all these three boxes yes so that's a good email for me and and in school as you mentioned i think the best emails or the letters that we wrote is write a letter to the principal asking for leave in 400 words probably <laughs> those are the kinds of 
uh, letters that we have written in our english uh, coaching right in school correct yeah, yeah i think uh, you already nailed everything i think one thing i probably want to add to the email writing aspect is make it about me right most of the yeah. emails most of the messages which we get are hey i have done so and so i i have no experience or so and so experience and one thing probably annoys me is when people say i have 3.2 or 4.8 years of experience <laughs> anyways so yeah it's so i think most of the emails or most of the messages that i get on linkedin are all about them it's not about how they're going to solve a problem for me and i'm also i'm and i'm only talking about emails or messages which i get from freshers people who have no no idea about the job of course people who have been doing this role for some time they also they already understand so they, they i don't face the problem with them so yeah i think make make it about me i'm not saying that you know yeah. uh, Write fancy things. Write why you like about me, and just be relevant, like Sandeep said. Yeah. Uh, tell me, hey, I see that your company is hiring for SDR. I noticed that one of the requirement for this role is perseverance. One of the role, one of the requirement is X, Y, Z, and this is how I excel. And maybe give an example how you were able to, you know, showcase that yeah. similar particular, uh, you know, trade in the past. I think that would probably make things more interesting. Totally, yeah. Relevancy is is extremely critical. if not i would be like oh this is not for me well it's a good email but not for me i'd just ignore it that's it fair enough fair right. enough so these are the things which we look for uh, again if you want to get into details i think you can probably download the ebook which i will put the link uh, in the comments uh let's let's move on to the next phase which will be now you have already chosen a company let's assume that you've chosen a company and let's actually mm-hmm. go uh, take a step back uh, sandeep and maybe when you can probably talk about how can people go about let's say choosing a company now there are tons of companies uh, if i'm a fresher and i'm thinking from like a fresher right now i'm coming mm-hmm. to sandeep and i'm asking hey sandeep i know i want to get into sales because i'm inspired by you or let's say ten other people i know in sales how do yeah. i choose a company what to look for and then we can probably ask more questions sure so the fundamental thing that i would do if if i were like about to graduate and looking for a job right mm-hmm. first and foremost thing i would go and read uh, or or just look at what are all the companies out there angel right. list is a great database for that uh, right and i would say like okay what are these series a startups i would i would that's how i would approach it or or some of the or other other filter that i would put it startups that are older than 3 years old mm-hmm. because these startups have crossed a certain kind of threshold in terms of either profitability bootstrapping things like that right and then i would also look at any verticals if at all i'm interested let's say i'm someone who's interested in uh, Uh, say customer support software but but these are very hard uh, at a very early stage for you to even say that oh i'm interested in this particular vertical so i would keep that open but if someone has a clarity put that as well like i want to do only education software right or i want to do only e-commerce software or right. logistics software there are different ways that you could filter and then look at all those companies and go to their websites spend like around 30 minutes mm-hmm. try to see what does the team team page says which talks about culture and values typically mm-hmm. then try to see uh, you know what does the product do right uh, were you able to understand the product if you're not able to understand the product that's a big red flag that means the startup is they, they don't know what they're doing yet right or they might be just in the in the process of figuring it out right uh, and then the third thing that i would say is what are the customers saying about the startup that's there is no better one. validation Yeah, there's no better validation than a customer testimonial out there, and there are platforms like G2 Crowd, Captera, or generally Trustpilot and review websites like this. You can go and read what the customers are saying. Now, based on these three factors, 
and the filters that you've already put, mm-hmm. you can go and shortlist, short, I would say shortlist 10 companies. Don't do more than that because 10 is also a lot. Right? Yeah. Probably I would even bring it down to five companies. Correct. Right. Now go, go to LinkedIn and look at who are the sales leaders or who are the leaders. It could be CEO as well or the CEO or any other co-founder and see what they're doing, what they're saying in general, right? And, and follow them, you know, and, and keep observing what, what is it that, that they're talking about the company as a whole, get a better understanding. Right. Once you get that and you feel comfortable, hey, this is a company that I really love, right? Over the past one month, I have been researching, understanding, learning about it, and I really now want a job in this company. So now reach out to the, the sales leader. If, if mm-hmm. you see a hiring uh, section there, don't ever go and apply directly. <laughs> I have never, ever got an interview call uh, you know, from any HR ever. If you're a software engineer, you are, you're in the best place you might get, but not in sales, right? Absolutely. So I think go. I would want to probably elaborate <laughs> on that. Yeah. I myself, you, if a company I'm working for, you would see that you know, my company has put a job out there. If you are applying through that portal, trust me, you're never getting a call. And I don't mind, you know, saying this on a, you know, a podcast, but I can be, I'm also speaking the truth. You will never get a call because uh, when you do that, you actually go into a pool of 200 candidates, 300 candidates. And as brutal as it sounds, I don't know if it does to find out, you know, uh, that, hey, out of 200, how do I go to 10 or 20 or let's say from there. So yeah, yeah, do not apply from the portals unless you are applying for other roles, sales, pick no, no, go ahead. Exactly. No, give, let me give you this amazing uh, numbers that you know we had in our own jobs board, right? Mm-hmm. For one SDR role, we got 400 applications, right? Now, now the whole idea is how do you cut to the noise, right? <laughs> how do you stand out? Like everyone in that 400 has an equal chance when if you're going through the, you know, the HR everything, right? But you need to do something beyond to grab eyeballs. So that's why I'm saying that go to LinkedIn, look at these leaders, what is it that they're saying? Now, use the same email writing technique, right? Where you make something relevant for them, keep it short and speak to them about what is a problem that you could solve, right? And the way I would say is I would also go to, I would also recommend people to take one step and say, you build a five email follow-up process you know, write the first email to see if you can grab like a 15 minute conversation with that sales leader Mm -hmm. uh, to understand about the product better. If not, then the second email follow up with a one minute video pitch of their product to them. Like saying that, hey, you know what? I've done some research and this is what I understand about the product. And if you give an opportunity, this is how I pitch the product to the potential customers, right? And then the third email, probably I would say, hey, here's a small deck that I've prepared on how I would present the product to prospects in the future mm-hmm. right and and in the fourth and fifth email i would emphasize on hey here is what uh, you know the customers are saying and here are probably what you could we could do better uh, in terms of the product and here are some ideas so what is all of these emails essentially saying so one it's showing your curiosity it's showing your research of going above and beyond to learn the product and it's also showing that you have some ideas to you know collaborate and make things better when you join the team right so that's how I would approach uh, you know, writing to a leader like that. Right? So that is actually and, a great approach. Uh, I think I'll probably add on to that. Um, 
I mean, like we already discovered, we already agreed that, you know, do not apply on these portals. Best way is reach out to leader. But there might be a bottleneck, you know. Let's say leader does not accept your connection request. Okay. What you can do is use a lot of free tools out there. Find the email address. Write them an email like Sandeep said. If email does not get your reply, I mean, of course, what you have to do is not just send an email. You have to track the emails. If you see email has been open, take an action accordingly. Do not shy away from saying, hey, I know that you opened my email 15 times because I've been tracking. Uh, what is holding you to you know, get back to me? Send them a video, okay? Uh, give them another reason. Show them, you know, uh, show them a variety of things which you can do. For example, show, when you do the video, you're actually basically telling them, hey, I'm not afraid of being on camera. Video is the next big thing after email. Uh, people, people would want that personalized experience. So yeah, I, I'm actually ready. So I think that, that, that could actually be the game changer. See, uh, you know, the, the key factor here that, mm-hmm. that you're, if, if you think of it from people who are hiring, right? Like mm-hmm. both of us, what we would look, okay, is this person, how quickly can this person start selling so that we, hit, as, as leaders, we hit our quota as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because every company has a certain revenue goal uh, and, and you're hiring the salespeople to accomplish those revenue goals. Right. So let's see if there's a candidate who would take three months to get trained and get their feet wet and get ready to sell versus a candidate who has done all this legwork way before, uh, who's sending your video, sending your presentation and gives you an impression, oh, I mean, I just need to train a couple of weeks for this person and he or she is ready, mm-hmm. right? So suddenly, you know, you're, you're, you're saving or, or, or as a company, you're getting 2.5 months uh, in your bag and, and you could probably have a better chance of hitting your quota as a leader, right? So, so that's, that, that will give the advantage to these candidates if they look at this approach and if they take this approach. That is actually bang on. I think uh, one more thing I would probably want to add on is follow a variety of sales leaders in, in your country, respective country, whether in India or US, just to get a hang of what these leaders are talking about, because that will give you a sense of uh, what they are concerned about. So for example, let's say there's a, there's a sales leader who's talking about how he hired, let's say a last person who turned out to be a failure because of XYZ, just, just an example. Now, what you can do is you can use that as a reference point and say, hey, you know what? I am reaching out because I noticed that you hired somebody who did not meet your expectation because of XYZ. This is how I can excel in that particular sphere. So that, that is how it can yes. give you an edge, which, you know, which nobody else is, will be able to. So I think Sandeep, that's a great point. Um, I w- could you maybe, uh, so let's say if, again, you'd be talking to freshers and a lot of people who are trying mm-hmm. to get into sales. Who should, who should all they follow on LinkedIn? Uh, you know, like typically freshers are getting hired for SDR role, the sales okay. development role, right? So first they should follow you on LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not because you, you're hosting this podcast, I'm saying that. There are very less SDR leaders out there who really care about SDRs, who speak about how SDRs uh, need to function efficiently who also speaks about how companies need to treat SDRs better and pay them a fair compensation, right? The very less SDRs leaders like you, especially in the Indian SaaS ecosystem, and who has that exposure of working with some of the giants now like Chargebee, uh, <laughs> Watfix, like all of these uh, the unicorns, right? right? So first it, it's you. Then the second person that I would, uh, that would come to my mind uh, is Prekar. Uh, who's that early salesperson who was accidentally again pushed into sales. He was joined as a marketer in Watfix and now the leader in sales. Right. He has got a lot of things to share as well. Uh, and 
then there would be other uh, Lakshman from Outplay. He is built. He is building a tool for just SDRs, right? So he has a lot of insights, and he typically speaks a lot of uh, stuff around how SDRs can do prospecting and succeed. Right. Uh, these are the three people uh, in Indian SaaS ecosystem that comes to my mind, and I would also suggest people to just broaden this whole right. uh, following on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is free, right? There's no paid thing that you need to do to follow people and learn. Uh, I would say. Morgan Ingram is one person uh, who does a pretty good job of, you know, how to prospect. He's always coming up with a lot of innovative ideas. Uh, so that that's one other person that I would say. And there is another uh, 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 person, uh, John Barrows is one more. Uh, while it could be very, uh, you know, at, at the beginning, it could be overwhelming. Right. But he also has some good content out there uh, where people could just follow all of all these five people. And that should be great. Yeah, I think I think the list is pretty big. I, I would uh, try to put like a list together and for everybody so that they can simply download and you know click the link and start following those people. And do not be afraid. Do not be scared of you know following these people. You're just following them. You don't have to connect with them because they might already be above yeah. the threshold, uh, the thirty thousand limit. But yeah, just follow them. Read the oh, content. Interact with the content if you think you actually have. You're actually feeling content about it. Feel free to show your curiosity yeah. here. If you don't understand something, feel free to say, hey, I'm a fresher. I'm trying to get into sales. Could you maybe elaborate on this something, something what they might have posted, which you don't understand? Absolutely. Just comment on them and, and all these people would be more than happy to just reply, right? When right. someone is uh, asking them a question. One more person, uh, the Lemlist founder who kind of built like a company from nothing to now, I think uh, it's, in, it's in double figures ARR. Uh, so they do an amazing SDR work and cold email, cold prospecting in their blog as well. So I would also recommend uh, his name is G, just G, uh, founder of Lemlist. So I would also recommend that person. Absolutely. Yeah. The list is totally endless. I think there have been tons yeah. of people who have been actually trying to get into at the same time. Yeah. I think I'm reading a book. I actually downloaded a book uh, tech powered sales. And this is all about sales development, but this will be totally overwhelming for you right now. So once you've spent like a year, year or so, that, that's when you can probably go into this. The space is absolutely amazing. Uh, I do have a follow-up question, um, Sandeep. So there are a few companies who would also hire a lot of freshers as account executives directly. Mm -hmm. While we know that, you know, the path which we have kind of shown to other SDRs in the past is, hey, why don't you start as an SDR, work for a few months, and then, then you can probably see where you probably want to head and eventually become account executive. Do you think that's the right approach or do you think what we have been doing so far is become an SDR and then go to AE role is what, what works best? Yeah, so it's, it's a very tricky thing when you hire someone just as an account executive directly. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason being, one, they might not understand the market. They might not understand the context of the customer problems and they might not, you know, just... So, any product, like almost all the products are awesome out there. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you this, right? Uh, like if you ask me, hey, what's the difference between uh, an X product and Y product who are competitors in the same space? In features wise, it's almost the same. But it's the salesperson's job uh, or, or the role there is to present that particular feature in the context of the customer problem. So if they don't understand, mm -hmm. and as an AE, that's what you would be doing day in and day out. Uh, you're setting your, your team for failure. And that's like a very bad experience, customer experience. And that would, uh, that means you're losing this customer for another three years. 
because in SaaS specifically, as, as the contracts are signed for two to three years or sometimes in five years as well, mm-hmm. so you're losing an opportunity. So I would say, hey, start with small steps, probably like give someone a role for SDR for six months and mm-hmm. then graduate them to an account executive. Fair enough. I mean, I would say that will still be too early because they would spend some few months just learning the SDR job. But yeah, I think that's, that's a fair assumption. Let's say so there could be a few people I think I've known who were pretty sharp. I mean, they, were, they probably had uh, some sort of own entrepreneur or you know, business background. So they would come yeah. crack their SDR job like in three or four months and then they're ready to become like an account executive. So there would be exceptions. I would not deny it. But yeah. I think what you said- I mean, exception. Sense. Yeah, exceptions are always there, but I would also add another point to that. So let's say if you are hiring someone for an AE role, mm-hmm. then make that person do their own prospecting. Don't give them leads. So when they are prospecting, they would understand things from ground zero, right? But if you're feeding them leads, that means they just don't understand what's going behind the scenes in terms of how persistent someone needs to be to get a lead. Totally. Yeah. Thanks, Sandeep, for coming on the show. Uh, we are we are uh, moving towards the most exciting part of the show. That's what like a lot sure. of literally, you know, viewers have told me, which is the rapid fire. Let me know when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm gonna ask you just yep. five questions. And the way it works is, it becomes harder and harder eventually. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm excited. Ready? Let's go. All right. Yep. <laughs> One company you would bet in India and US. Right now. Yeah. Right now. Uh, I would probably bet on, huh, there's so many companies, uh, but I would say Stripe is my go-to company. That's in US. What about India? Yeah, that's in the US. In India, I would probably bet on... Uh... I know it's a tough one. Yeah, it is. There are many companies. Okay, hold on. Charge V. They're already a unicorn. Let's 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 move to somebody who's not a unicorn yet. <laughs> somebody who's 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 not a unicorn yet. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think Charge V could grow much bigger, so that's yeah. why. Um, yeah. So. Okay, I would bet on this, uh, you know, security startup Cloudal, which currently I'm I'm uh, collaborating with them, uh, because they. The reason why I'm, um, I'm helping them as well is uh, security. Cloud security is a massive thing, and they have they have a lot of tailwinds going towards uh, with them. Okay, so nice. on them. All right. Yeah. Do you read books? Yeah. Okay. One book that changed your life. Never split the difference. Interesting. If you were not in sales, what would was, you be doing? Uh, I would become a squash player or a cricket player awesome that is actually getting interesting all right one piece of advice for your younger self should have quit engineering way before and just picked up a sport as a full-time career (laughs) that is actually good okay last and the most interesting one thing which you hate about sales uh the number driven approach and mm-hmm. you get judged by only numbers, unfortunately. I hate that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a path which we, which we chose, right? 
Yeah. No, I mean, see, you you might be an awesome salesperson, uh, but unfortunately, if the company is not doing well and mm-hmm. and you bet on that company, just yeah. like, uh, you know, many people who join startups, right? right? And for whatever reasons, the company did not grow as much as you thought. And so suddenly you don't have anything to say, oh, I hit 125% of my quota or 150% of my quota or 100% of my quota on your LinkedIn. Uh, then then that, that that makes your life very tough, right? So that, yeah, well, it's it's a great thing to measure on numbers, but that that's the part that I hate. Even I don't know how would I judge a person if I if I don't know the numbers. True, true, absolutely. Yeah, I think unless we come with a better better solution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Sandeep, once again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it, and uh, we will stay in touch. Yep. Thanks, Rahul. Thanks for having me. Thanks for watching this video. If you like the video a teeny tiny bit. Would you like the video, subscribe to the channel and tell me what you like. Throw your best insult at me if you did not like any part and you would want me to improve. I promise you will not offend me. Seems like too much work, right? Let's start with subscribing and let me know in the comments what I should cover next. Thanks again.